Hey, good morning. How are you guys doing today? On this chilly, chilly, chilly March day. Don't they know it should be spring? Who agrees with me on that? Um, man, but uh, hey, just if you don't like the weather, wait a little bit and it'll change. So uh, that, that's the lesson. Really good to see you today. Uh, we're going to continue the series we started several weeks ago called Ghost Stories. And we've been talking about uh, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is one of those things I think many times in the church world or even as followers of Jesus, we can be a little uncomfortable with. We're not quite sure about. We're, we don't, we're like, I, you know, God the Father I get. And Jesus, obviously, I understand because he, he died on the cross for my sins. But the Holy Spirit, I'm just not quite sure how to wrap my mind around that part of God and that part of the Trinity. And so we're taking a couple weeks just kind of unpacking some things that hopefully we can use in our lives. The first week we talked about the person of the Holy Spirit and that God gave us this incredible gift to be our helper. This, this helper, in fact, Jesus said it this way. He said, it's better that I leave, that you don't have me physically present here on earth. My Father, God the Father, is going to send the Holy Spirit to live inside of you. And, and so then last week we talked about the, how the Holy Spirit gives us power to live our lives. And I, I'll, I'll just be the first to admit I can't live for Jesus on my own. I need the Holy Spirit at work in my life. And, and the reality, whether you want to admit it or not, is that you do too, to really live a victorious Christian life. And so today we're, gonna, we're kind of going to shift gears a little bit and talk about one of the things that the Holy Spirit does in our lives. It's incredibly, incredibly important. And I want to take you to a really familiar scripture, and I'm going to read it, and you're going to go, I've heard this before. In fact... Uh, several months ago, we did a whole relationship series about the fruit of the Spirit. And if you want to go back and listen to those, you can. But Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, I want to remind you what it says. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. Doesn't that look like a nice list? I'm going to have to ask that again because y'all, y'all. Does that look like a nice list? Oh, man, it does. Love and joy and peace. Man, who couldn't use some peace in life and gentleness and self-control and faithfulness and goodness? Man, it looks like an amazing list. And I, I don't know if you've been paying attention. I'm sure you probably have. But that list doesn't really line up with the list of what we see going on in our world, does it? We see hatred, anger, stress, bitterness, self-indulgence. Um, if you don't believe me, just get online and look at the news or watch the news on, the, on your television. And that, that's what our world is, is, is living in, those things. But the fruit of the Spirit, the Spirit that God wants to produce in us from our lives is something really different. And so we're going we're gonna to talk about that for the next few minutes together this morning. And I want to ask you this question. And just think about this with me. Should the fruit of a Christian's life, someone who's committed their life to Jesus, to follow him, to live for him, should the fruit of a Christian's life be different from the fruit of someone who doesn't claim to follow Jesus? Should their life look different? And it should. But can I, can I tell you, um, and I've been around church people for 30, almost 30 years in a, in a job, full-time capacity. 
And I, I can say a lot of times it doesn't look a lot different. And, and, and that's not for us to feel guilty about that today. That's for us to realize that we've been given this amazing gift, this helper, the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us once we commit our lives to Christ. And he wants to produce something different in our lives. He wants our lives to look different from the lives of the people that are out there that don't know Jesus, that don't have that hope, that don't have that relationship. And we need his help to do it. I, I desperately want my life to look different from the life of my neighbor who maybe doesn't know Jesus. Well, we know that the answer to that is yes, it should look different. And why is that? And there's a bunch of reasons. We could spend the whole time together talking about what those reasons are. I want to give you two this morning. Um, two reasons why our lives should look different. The first one is this. Scripture is clear that we're called to be salt and we're called to be light. And those are, those are two things. What, what does salt do? Salt gives flavor. right? It brings out the flavor in, in things. Our lives, as we follow Jesus, should bring some type of flavor to this world. We don't think of it in those terms sometimes, but that's what should happen. And we're also called to be light. And what does light do? Well, light lights up the darkness. It, it, it changes people's perspective. We are meant to reflect and be an example of the one that we say we serve, right? And that's, that's what we're called to do. We're, we are called to re reflect the light of Jesus, to be light in a dark world. And that's, that's the first reason. And here's the second one. And I think we, we, we can grab hold of the first one really easy. But the second one is something we don't even really think about sometimes. And it's this. Number two is that God wants the fruit of the Spirit in your life and in my life for our benefit. Say that word with me. Benefit. God wants the fruit to benefit you. Have you thought about that? We always think about serving people and I mean, we're called to serve and that's what Jesus did and that's what we're called to do. But God wants the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, self-control, faithfulness. He wants that fruit in your life for your benefit. So that your life looks different. So that your life is better. So that your life is the, a life that Jesus came to give us. I've come that, to give you an abundant life or life to the full, that type of life is the life that's producing the fruit of the Spirit. And God wants that for our benefit, for your benefit, for my benefit. We don't think about that list that way sometimes, but that's what God wants to do. Let's just, let's look at a list together this morning. Which, which one of these would you choose? And just, just these are going to be obvious. You're going to see them on the screen. Would you choose hate or love? Stress, who's got some stress today? Just be honest. You say, I've got some stress in my life. The kids have stressed me out this morning. Maybe that's not it. My, my kids that are adults have stressed me out. Stress or joy? I mean, here's a big one. Anxiety or peace? I've watched people that should have the most anxiety-riddled life. Because of circumstances, because of health, because of financial issues, because of what's going on in their family. Or, and they're walking around with incredible peace. Anxiety or peace. Anger. We, we, sometimes that happens as we're living through life. Anger or patience. Resentment or kindness. Corruption or goodness. 
Dishonesty or faithfulness? Bitterness or gentleness? Selfishness or self-control? And I hope, as, as we look at that list, I look at that list in my own life and go, wow, I, I do good in this area, but this other area, I don't know that the Holy Spirit's producing a lot of fruit in, in this way. And I think it's not because he doesn't want to. It's not because God doesn't want to benefit me. It's because I get in the way sometimes, right? My flesh, um, my humanness gets in the way. I try to do it on my own, and it doesn't work that way. It, that's not the way that we were meant to live. So how is the fruit of the Spirit, if, if, if it's what God wants to produce in us through his Holy Spirit, we say, hey, I want, the, I want the things on the right side of that list. Not on, I don't want hatred. I want love. How is the fruit cultivated in our lives? It has to be grown. And can I just share this with you today that it doesn't happen overnight. We, we don't all of a sudden one day just start producing incredible amounts of fruit. It has to be grown in our life and that is a process. But make no mistake about it, it is the Holy Spirit of God that does the change in us. I promise that you can try to do it on your own. There was a Saturday Night Live character probably 25 or 30 years ago now, um, and he would look into the mirror and he would go, and I don't even have the exact phrasing down, but I remember bits and pieces of it. He'd go, I'm, I'm good enough and I'm smart enough and gosh darn people like me. And he would say this into the mirror. And, and that's how we sometimes try to produce the fruit of the Spirit in our life. We try to do it on our own, but hey, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough, I'm strong enough, I've been following Jesus long enough, I know how to do this, and we may know how to do it, but he can't be the, we can't be the ones that produce it, it's the Holy Spirit inside of us that produces it. And it has to be grown, and we have to align ourselves with what the Holy Spirit wants to do. For some of us, we have, <laughs> we've walked around trying to do good, trying to do good works, um, and, and, and thinking, I, I can just do it if I try harder. Can I tell you that doesn't work? If I, if I just lean in a little bit more, I can, I can do it on my own. I'm going to read those first two verses from Galatians chapter 5 to you, but we're going to look in a different version. This is actually from the Amplified Bible, and I, I love how this, this says it. Galatians 5.22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit... The result of his presence, who is his? The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit living inside of you. The result of his presence within us. It doesn't say the result of our good works, the result of our hard work, the result of us doing it on our own. It says the result of his presence in us is love, unselfish concern for others. And it's easy to love people that love us, but what about loving people that don't love us or don't like us or that we may not sometimes like? The result of his presence is joy. Man, when you meet someone that has real joy about their life, and it, it is refreshing, it is life-giving. It goes on and says inner peace. Man, patience. Not the ability to wait, because that's not what patience is. 
but how we act while we're waiting. And just lean into that for a minute. I can wait. I know you can wait too. How many, how many people this week went out to eat and you had to wait at the restaurant to get a table? We can wait. It's not hard to wait. Now, sometimes we get impatient waiting. I would be at the top of the list. But, it, but it's not the ability to go, well, I'm just going to wait for it. No, patience is how we act while we're waiting. Have you ever grumbled and thought, they told me 10 minutes and it's been 20 minutes. What in the heck is going on? I'm usually the one up at the stand going, uh, where am I at on the list, right, you know? It's, it's not just saying, hey, can, I can wait around for wait. No, it's the how we act, how we live out our life while we're waiting. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things there is no law. And do not buy into the lie that says we have to do this on our own. We have a part in it, and we're going to look at it in just a minute. But it is the result of God's spirit living inside of us that wants to produce these things. It's the Holy Spirit in our lives that produces the good. It's, 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 not, it's not us. I want to take you to a, a, a chapter, a few chapters before in the book of Galatians. And let me, let me give you a little background on the book of Galatians and, and to kind of get you to understand what was going on. Paul writes this letter to this church in Galatia. And this is what's happening. This whole region of the world, the city of Galatia, the, the region of, the, of that, they, um, they, they practiced, a, a, the Galatians practiced a mix of local and Greek Customs. Now, who in here likes Greek food? That was, you know, I, the coast needs some good Greek restaurants. We don't really have anything. Don't try to tell me Mr. Greek either down in Biloxi. Um, <laughs> now, if they want to sponsor us, we'll take that. But I, I just, you know. The Galatians practiced this mix of local and, and Greek customs. And this is what they did. They went around living their lives in fear of the gods. Bad things would come in their lives and they would look at it, well, the gods must not be happy with me and so they've allowed this to happen in my life. Or the gods blessed me with this or the gods did this. And they literally would live in fear throughout their life of what the gods could do and what the gods would choose to do, whether the gods would bring bad in front of them or whether good would be brought in front of them. And so this, this church is planted and people are coming to know Jesus and these new Jesus followers started hearing from the religious people that, that were already around and in the area and from Jerusalem. And they were hearing things like this. Don't, don't ever eat lunch with pagans. People that don't trust you, don't eat lunch with them. Don't associate with them. Don't do business with them. Oh, and, and by the way, um, you, you have to be circumcised if you're a dude. Now imagine that. And then there's, if you really want to follow Jesus, these are the things you have to do. And so this is Paul's response to what they had been hearing based off of how they used to live their lives in fear of the gods. They now have this relationship with the God of all, the God above everything, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Jesus. They have this new relationship. And yet religious people are coming into their life and, and tre- just making it all about following these rules and doing this and not doing this and here and there and there. And so this is what Paul says, Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. We're going to read the first six verses. This is what it says. You crazy Galatians, did someone put a spell on you? 
Have you taken leave of your senses? Something crazy has happened, for it's obvious that you no longer have the crucified Jesus in clear focus in your lives. And he, did, he just went right at it, didn't he? His sacrifice on the cross was certainly set before you clearly enough. Meaning, hey, I, it's been spoken to you. You've, it's been communicated to you. He goes on and says, let me put this question to you. How did your new life begin? Was it by working your heads off to please God? Or was it by responding to God's message to you? Are you going to continue this craziness? For only crazy people would think that they could com complete by their own efforts what was begun by God. Man, do we find ourselves doing that sometimes? We try in our own efforts to do what's right and to be what's right and to love people and to have patience and to experience peace and to have joy. And we're not supposed to do it on our own. We're not designed that way. We're not wired to do that. It's God's spirit inside of us. And he goes on. Was it by working your heads off to please God or was it by responding to God's message to you? Are you going to continue this craziness for only crazy people would think that they could complete their own efforts with what God has begun? If you weren't smart enough or strong enough to begin it, how do you suppose you could perfect it? Did you go through this whole painful learning process for nothing? It is not yet a total loss, but it certainly will be if you keep this up. And he just throws it out to them. And so let me ask us a question this morning. Does the God who lavishly provides you with his own presence, his Holy Spirit, working things in, in our lives that we could never do for ourselves, does he do this because we, we strain through moral striving because we're going to be good enough and smart enough and we're going to do it on our own? Or, or do we have to just trust him in the process that he will work those things out in our lives? If we give him the space and the time to do it. We trust him to do the work in us. I, I've thought this before. Well, the fruit of the spirit really, I mean, parts of, some of them are for me, some of them aren't. I mean, for that person right over there who always has a smile on their face and they look like they have joy and they look like they're happy, they, they can lean into joy really easily as a fruit of the Spirit. But I'm not the most joyous person. Let me ask you this today. As you sit here on Sunday, March the 19th, 2023, here's the big question. Are you human? You can answer that today. I'll ask it again. Some of you are contemplating, am I human or am I AI? You know, um, are you human? Well, guess what? Because we're human, we're predispositioned to, to this bad list, to do bad things, to allow our selfishness and our flesh to rule our lives. But with the Holy Spirit at work and living inside of us, we can be predispositioned to what we would put on the good list. There's the bad list, and there's the good list. And I can try really hard with my own efforts, but I wind up being here on this. I don't produce this fruit that God wants to so produce in our life. 
I've talked before about how my parents, we had a garden growing up, and it was about 15 minutes away, um, it, it, uh, Cousins Land. They had, there were several different families that had gardens there. And uh, one of the things that, 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 uh, that we didn't plant but that was at the garden, and we got, to, we got the benefit of it, was corn. Who in here loves a good, some fresh corn, corn on the cob? I love corn. But here's what I hated. We would have these bushel baskets, and we would, we would pick the corn off the stalks, and we would bring them home, and my mom would grin at me. And she would go, guess what we're going to do tonight? We're going to shuck some corn. What? Shuck corn. Well, I don't want to do that. I hated shucking the corn. Because you, you get it and you, 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 you pull, pull it apart. And then it's got all that silk on it. And you got to brush it. And you got to grab it. And you got to, oh, I hated it. But I like the end result. I, I say that to give you this just quick illustration. If I had a handful of corn seeds right here and, and, and I, I passed them out to you and said, I'd like you to grow some corn, what would be most important about that seed? I mean, could you take that seed and go, okay, well, I'm going to stick it in my car and it's going to grow? I'm going to put it on my back patio. I'm going to ha- let it hang out on the deck. I'm going to put it on my windowsill. We can put it a thousand places, it will not grow unless we put it in the place it was designed to go to grow, right? If we place that seed in the right environment where it has the ability to grow, then it has the potential to grow into a stalk of corn. Can I just maybe submit to you this today, that our part in this fruit being a part of our lives is, is we have to we have to. Place the seed in the environment where the fruit has the ability to grow. The environment of our life. And what, what fruit do you want to see grow in, in your life? As you think about the list, and this is really isn't about the list today. We're not going to dig down or drill down into individual ones. It's just about the whole list. What, what fruit do you want to see grow in your life? No matter how you answer that question, what environment do you need to provide for its growth? I'm going to take you to, uh, to the book of Psalms, Psalm 92. Um, and I'm going to read from the NIV, verses 12 and 13. And I want to give you two things as I, as I wrap up here in the next five or ten minutes. Um, Psalm 92, 12 and 13, this is what it says. The righteous will flourish. What's that third word right there in that verse? Does it say maybe? Sometimes it says the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. The righteous will flourish. And that speaks to me to fruit being produced in our life. Well, there's two things. If, we, if we're all about the environment that we put the seed in to really see it grow, looking at this verse, I, there's, there's two really clear things that need to be a part. If, we're, if we want to 
put the seed and we want to see it grow and we want to see it watered and we want to see it produce fruit. Remember, it's not just our efforts, it's us combining and, and giving the Holy Spirit room to work and, and produce this in our life because he's the one that produces it. But there's two things according to what this says about flourishing. Number one is this, we have to be planted in the house or planted in the house of the Lord, a place of faith. That, that word... Um, that word there, planted, in that verse is actually a Hebrew word that means rooted, not easily moved, consistent. We were in the backyard yesterday planting some plants, and our kids were helping us, and we're back there with shovels, and we're digging holes to, for the plants to go in. And a couple times in that process, we hit a root that was really hard to move because it was, it was obviously a root from a tree, and we're, we're digging it out. To be rooted, not easily moved, consistent. Can I, can I just tell you this? Um, that you you got to find a place to be rooted in. I, I hope it's here. If it's not here, find the place where you can just say, okay, I, I'm going to be planted here. I'm going to be planted in the house of the Lord. And listen, we go through seasons of life, but I, I, don't, I don't think we can expect to flourish in God-honoring ways when we come to church once a month. And I'm not trying to step on toes today. And believe me, I'm not saying you have to be here every week because I don't want to. Can I say that as a pastor? Not that I don't want to be with you. I need a week off. I need a vacation sometimes. We have things. But you have to find a place, a place of faith to plant yourself in. And when you begin to do that, man, that, that creates an environment for you to begin to grow. Find a group to be a part of. Find a way to serve. We begin to water some things, then we will see growth happen. When, when, now, remember, it's not on our own ability, but we have a role in it, right? It's not like we just lay down and go, all right, Holy Spirit, produce some fruit in my life. Right? I mean... I've seen both camps. I've seen the person that just tries to do it all on their own, in their own ability, in their own strength, in their own might, in their own stamina, and they, they try to produce these things and they're not produced. And I've seen the person on the other side that just says, okay, God, here I am, produce some stuff in me. And God's like, I can't produce because you're lazy. Listen, I'm not... If anyone's toes are getting stepped on this morning, it's partially mine. You got to be planted in the house. And here's the second one. And this is, I, I love the first one. And it's not just about going to church and it's saying, hey, I checked the box off. It's about being a part of something. The second one would be this. It says, planted and they will flourish in the courts of the Lord. You know what happened in the courts of the Lord? It's where people experience God's presence. It's where his presence was evident, was there. So not only do we need to be planted in the house, we have to be planted in his presence. And here, here's what I love. We have 24-hour access to the presence of God. See, you don't need a stage and a band and some songs to experience God's presence. You can do that when you bow your head to pray. You can do that as you're at your work and you're knocking off tasks and you're meeting with people. We have the opportunity 24-7 to experience God's presence. We've been given full access. The Spirit of God lives inside of us. 
You don't have to be in church for God to talk to you. In fact, if the only time that God speaks to you is when you're in church, your relationship with him is going to be really shallow. Because he wants to speak to us throughout the week. Through his word, through time in prayer where we're talking and listening. As we listen to worship music, as we maybe worship, we say, Holy Spirit, speak to me, lead me, guide me. Do something in me. Produce what you want in my life. we got to be planted in his presence. And, and, and believe me, when, when someone is planted in the presence of God, it doesn't mean that they're no earthly good to someone. In fact, I would just say maybe the opposite is true. When, when, when we're really fully engaged in the presence of God, we are, we are so good for other people to be around. Not because of who we are, but because it's God in us and we're shining light and we're being salt and we're making a difference in people's lives. For God's glory, not ours, not so we can get, hey, good job, Kevin, but for, for God's glory. Here's, here's what I want to challenge you to do, just in a real practical way this week. This might be a huge ask for you, or you might get this done today and tomorrow. But what if this week we just committed and said, hey, as, as a church family, as, as someone that says I'm planted in this house, in this place, um, would, would, could we just read the book of Galatians together this week? In your own personal time, on your phone, on your laptop, with a Bible in your lap, however is comfortable for you. Could we just read, I, Kevin, I, it's too much for me to read. It's six pages. Six chapters. Some of the chapters are short. As a kid, I was in a Christian school and we were required to read chapters. Didn't matter what chapters, but each week we were required to read some chapters. Can I tell you what I did? I went through the whole Bible and looked at the shortest chapters I could find. And that sounds silly now, but I did. Oh, this, this chapter only has 17 verses. This is what I'm reading this week, right? We, we can do it, but we have to be planted in, in the house of the Lord and planted in his presence. And when we do that, when we allow righteousness to be lived out in our life, we will flourish. I want to read one more scripture and then we're going to pray. It's from the book of John, John 15. Jesus is teaching his disciples and a group of Jesus followers or people that are learning about Jesus and what he came to do. And there's some other people just hanging in. And this is what he says in John 15, verses 4 and 5 from the Amplified Bible. He says, remain in me and I will remain in you. Just, so, just as no branch can bear fruit by itself without remaining in the vine, neither you can bear fruit producing evidence of your faith unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For otherwise, apart from me, that is cut off from what vital union with me, you can do nothing. So there's our challenge today. If we want to allow the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us to produce much fruit, to produce the fruit of the Spirit, we have to stay connected to the Lord. Kevin, I don't know how to do that when I'm trying to keep the house clean and raise our family. I don't know how to do that when I'm at work or when I'm in the yard doing stuff. So it, it, it's just, it, 
It's living our life in a way where we're recognizing, God, your presence is here. Your, your Holy Spirit's in me. Would you speak to me? Would I, and when you speak, would I hear? So I, I feel like sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks to me and I'm like, I'm in la-la land. Thinking about something else, looking at something else, not paying attention. And God's Spirit's going, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. Jesus said, you, you've got you to you stay connected to me. I'm the vine. You're the branches. And when, when we're grafted, I, I graft you in. And I don't have time to explain that whole grafting process. It's really unique and powerful to think of. But when you remain in me, fruits produced in your life. And remember, God wants us to produce fruit because we're, we're supposed to be salt in life. But also he wants to produce fruit in our life for our benefit as well. So that we'll be the type of father and mother and wife and husband and son and daughter and coworker and employee and boss that people want to engage and encounter. People that make the, a difference in the lives of those around them. Would you close your eyes with me this morning? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for today, for your presence in this place, for worship, for communion, remembering the ultimate sacrifice, Jesus, that you paid for us. God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit, which we've been given, this amazing helper, this amazing gift, this amazing ability to live our lives with power. This opportunity that we have to be men and women that have fruit produced in our life, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and the list could go on and on and on. God, we want to be men and women that live our lives producing fruit that pleases you, that our lives would please you. God, would you just allow us and help us to create and to be the right and type of environment where the seed that you plant in us has the ability to grow into fruit and produce things that please you, that benefit others and that benefit ourselves. God, if something is blocking our ability to hear your Holy Spirit speak to us, I pray that you would remove it. I pray that you would help us maybe realize that we need to do something a little bit differently because we're not hearing you speak to us. And you're always speaking, you're always working, you're always active. You're always encouraging. You're always challenging. Sometimes you're confronting. Sometimes you're cheering us on. Holy Spirit, would the soil of our lives be the type of place where you produce the fruit that you so desperately want to? We love you and we thank you for that, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Would you just quietly stand to your feet? And, and as you do that, um, I want to just talk to maybe one more group of people before I dismiss here in this next moment.
And if you need to close your eyes and you want to do that, that's, that's fine. But you might be here and you may go, well, Kevin, I heard you talk today and I, we, I saw the scripture that we read, but I, I haven't even made a decision to follow Jesus. You know, you can make that decision right here and right now, in this place, in this moment, on Sunday, March the 19th. You put your faith and your trust in Jesus. He comes and takes your sin, your mistakes, and listen, we all have them. The Bible says that we're all in need of a Savior. We've all sinned and fallen short of God's standards. He takes those things and he replaces it. And so when God looks at our life, he doesn't see that anymore. And so I, I just want to just pray with you. If you need to make that decision today, we want to give you an opportunity to do that. You make these words your own from your own heart, your own lips. You pray this. And today you'll start the greatest relationship that you can ever have, a relationship with Jesus. And it's not complicated. It's really simple. You, you make these words your own. God, I come to you right now. And I admit that I've sinned. Jesus, thank you for dying on a cross for my sins. I, I believe that you came and you lived a, a life without sin and you died on that cross for me and were raised to life on the third day. And I'm so grateful and thankful for that. And Jesus, right now, I'm, I'm asking you into my life to be my Lord and Savior. I want to live for you from this moment on. You've come to not only give me eternal life in heaven one day, but you've also come to give me a full Abundant life right here and right now. A life that's filled with the things that you want it to be. And so I'm, I'm receiving that and holding on to that today. In Jesus' name and for his honor and glory, I ask these things. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, we want to know that. We want to help you take some first steps and what that looks like. Um, Stephen mentioned the connection cards you can on the table at guest services. You can use those to let us know. If you have Loop on your phone already, you can communicate to us. We get prayer requests throughout the week on Loop. Take advantage of that. Um, but uh, we want to help you take those next steps. So don't, don't, be, don't be shy in letting us know that you made a decision to follow Jesus. We, we want to know that and celebrate with you. Hey, let me let, me let you know about two things really quickly. Uh, first off, Easter is three weeks away. I'm super excited about Easter Sunday. And, and what God's going to do is we celebrate a risen Savior that day. Um, a couple things that you can help us do. Next week we're going to have we're going to have little cards for you to take, to pass out, to invite neighbors, friends, coworkers, family to come and be with us on Easter Sunday. And as a part of that on Easter Sunday during the service, um, those that are in our kids ministry are going to actually learn about a risen Savior and at the same time have an Easter egg hunt here on the campus. And so um, it's going to be. A wonderful day of celebrating a risen Savior. We're going to have some photo ops for you to do. Just, just some different things. But we're going to put some tools in your hand for you to invite some people to be here with us. And I, I'm believing not just for a packed out place, but for God to move and for him to work in lives and hearts. Because that's what it's really about. And the second thing is just simply, and, and Stephen mentioned the work day this Saturday. We're going to do what we can uh, here in the building and outside just to freshen some things up and to do some different things. But... Um, I, I really have a sense that this week, and I don't, if you know me, I don't say these things very, very often, publicly like this. Um, I, I really have a sense these next few weeks are pivotal for the life of Hope Church. And so I, I want to just ask you, to, if you do this with me, if you would just commit to pray for what God wants to do here. 
for what God wants to do in our lives and what God wants to do in our midst and the things that he may be um, bringing about to make that happen. And, and I don't even know more specifics to give you, but would you just, and I, we appreciate your prayers. We need your prayers um, for, for God to do in this place what he wants to, for God to do in our midst, in our communities, on the coast, what he wants to do. And so uh, if you would help me with that and praying for that, I would greatly appreciate it. Can we just thank the Lord for this time together today? Yeah. Listen, we're so thankful that you are here. Would you hug someone's neck, tell someone hi on your way out today. God bless you. We'll see you again soon. Thank you.